right, welcome to It's the Jacket. I am Dave Demarest. He is Anthony Dottavio. What's going on, my friend? Oh, another good week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we're on season two, episode 11. We're slowly getting to the finish line of the sophomore season. Uh, what are your initial thoughts about episode 11 entitled House Arrest? Uh, it is a very drawn out episode, I will say. It's very slow. We have a, a couple of different storylines. Um, after Tony's big scare, um, he's deciding to lay low for a little bit, stay out of the limelight, and try and, you know, work behind the scenes for a little bit. And quickly you see that uh, deteriorate for him because he's a man of the action, I feel. Um, we also get the uh, Dr. Melfi spiraling out of control. Yes. Um, and more planting of the seed from Richie to Jr. about making a move on Tony. Definitely. So you just said, you just summed it up perfectly. We, we get the aftermath of the, the Bevel Aqua scare after Tony might've went to jail. Mink tells him, you know, lay low for a while. So he gets a, takes an office at Barone sanitation. And by the end of the episode, he's like, he's got a rash on his arm and he's just entertaining himself by scratching it, which, you know, I guess, I've definitely done more than once. Uh, I would venture to say maybe you have. Uh, I think we all have it from time to time. At your <laughs> One interesting thing about this episode, I'm going to send you this link after we record. There was a list that came out um, by this guy named Justin Sales, and it's called The Ringer's Definitive Sopranos Episode Rankings. And this list is a very detailed list uh, ranking all the episodes from 1 to 86. It came out in anticipation of Many Saints and No Works. This came out a few months ago. And this is actually the lowest ranked episode on this list. Uh, I can see why. Well, I'm just, I was skimming it because my lowest would be a hit as a hit. I think that's everybody's lowest. I, I'm surprised. How far did the hit as a hit land? 84. So it's close. They're, 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 they're in sync with us. I didn't think this was a bad episode. There wasn't a holy shit moment in here. There was not. And this is one. I, I'll just give you a heads up now. I have nothing and don't forget about it. I mean, I could, I could have went really generic, but it's like, this is just kind of like another episode where we see the day to day lives and what's going to set up because the next two episodes are going to be just full of holy shit moments. But this one was just basically a table setter. I would say so. Um, I didn't find the episode terrible. Um, I didn't feel like I was on house arrest watching it. Um, <laughs> I just felt that it didn't really, you know, it didn't pop well. I can see why it's a lower ranked episode, but I don't think it was terrible. I think there are episodes that we've seen already and some that we will see in the future that are worse than this, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah, we'll see. I was looking at this list now and do not resuscitate uh, episode two of season two was uh, number 83. Which, you know, I disagree with some things on this list, but I, I, I would probably put two or three uh, season one episodes uh, lower than and then this one, which I which I didn't mind. I, I, I didn't mind watching it. It wasn't terrible. Like I said, um, it was just very slow. And when you mentioned don't forget about it, I, I literally have co completely uh generic things on here just to get just to make some page filler here. Well I'm glad but, you went I'm glad you went generic because 
because I thought about it and I was like, Anthony and I are gonna have the same shit if I wrote that. You know, I we could have mentioned like Junior slowly kind of descending into madness. We see who's the funny scene where he gets stuck in the garbage disposal. We see he's not handling the house arrest really really well. I and literally had that as my medical woes. Okay, and then you know we we do have some uh, Richie Rich the Richie Tony situation is starting to get pretty bad, and you know we could save that. That's that's really gonna come to a head next time. Uh, I also, I'll even, we'll go now with Don't Forget About because it's like (laughs) so generic. I had um, Paulie's canning habits, how he loves it. (laughs) Okay, that's that's good. I like that. And then I had uh, Bobby Bacala being a fat fuck eating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bobby was kind of a punching bag this episode. It's it's really funny because the way he ends up in this show, he's definitely not. He's two people from what a character arc. We talk about like all time character arcs. We see like him. He's just he's just this like isn't stepping it, stool. Isn't it ridiculous how much he grows into the? He starts out as this the fat like you said fat fuck punching bag. Yeah, and then he goes and then you see it in season three when Tony relate goes to him like thank you for what you do for my uncle. Yeah, and then he gets into his little arc. I, I I have to agree with you. I think he's got the best character arc in the show. Yeah, he's like the guy who gets Junior's prescriptions in this season. This is how he's like introduced to us, and then he's basically you know, I don't know if you're listening to this podcast, you 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 know where we're going. Uh, he's basically like an underboss by the end of the show. So I, I I'd have to say he's been the he's the biggest arc out of everybody. That's my feeling. Definitely. All right, so why don't we just get into it? Uh, favorite scenes. I think I have like six or seven here. The first one, the first one I have here is a Melfi Tony scene, and I don't even know if it was my favorite scene, but I just have gripes with it because he's talking about he's talking about Seven, which is one of my favorite movies, and he is like, "Who the fuck is who, who the fuck do I care the killer was?" He's like, "So I shut it off," and I was like, "You know, it's just it's just a film guy." I'm like, I couldn't imagine ever. <laughs> I could imagine. I don't shut off movies, even if they're terrible. Like, I'll get through it. But, you know, Seven, one of the greatest movies of all time. And he, he, he made a joke. <laughs> Melfi was like, what'd you, what'd you do instead? He goes, I went in the back and burned dance with a magnifying glass. <laughs> and you can tell Tony's just, like, really bored after uh, Meng told him to lay low. And I only put this scene because of the Seven references. Any thoughts on this one? I... It is a what's it called? You see his depression, like he's trying to quit. Uh, he's trying to quit therapy again. Um, you you see him mentioning like you know you know I wanted to sit down and watch it. I don't think he's capable of of watching anything that's fantasy. As you can, yeah. his favorite thing to watch is sitting on the couch eating ice cream, watching the History Channel. Yeah, that's all he like. You know, he's really not a big movie guy. Definitely not. The he, only time he's ever. I, other than this one, he mentioned a movie. Uh, is probably Godfather too. They do they do reference Godfather a lot. I know he talks about Gary Cooper a lot, so he watches a lot of old movies. Yeah, he likes the he likes the historical stuff. He's not a big new new. He's not with the newer stuff. Yeah, so I only put this scene for that reference. You know, I you know I sit through some sh- shit boxes sometimes, but I couldn't imagine walking out on seven. Uh-uh. I think I've only walked out on one movie in my whole entire life, and that was epic movie. Okay, yeah, that movie wasn't very epic at all. <laughs> no. That's the one with Cal Penn, correct? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if it was that a disaster movie. Either way, 
the only two good the only movies that came out of that were the scary movies and the love and uh I think that's it. Scary movie was the only good things that came out of those stupid movies. But we covered on our other podcast, we covered not another teen movie. And we had said like that was kind of the last good one. I, they get... Yeah, I don't think they've made they don't like they have so many terrible ones. Like I'll I'll be looking for something to watch and try and watch something new. And then I'll I'll see the starving games. This that's like <laughs> vampires suck. I'm like, really? Like this is terrible. Yeah, and then, well, there's the new one, right, on Netflix, like the woman who ran across the street out the window. I don't even know the name of it, with Kristen Bell. Was that bad or no? No, well, the movie was horrible, The the Woman in the Window with Amy Adams. It was the worst movie I saw last year. So I just said, why would I want to watch a parody of a movie I hated? <laughs> so I just skipped that one. I That one was so bad. I felt so bad for Amy Adams. It was, and the tra- when the trailer hit, it was one of the best trailers I've ever seen. I remember this was like pre COVID and, and I was like, wow, I need to see this like as soon as it hits. And it was just one of those where and I've seen this like many times. The Goldfinch was another one that comes to mind where the trailer was just flames. And, and then the movie, movie terrible. Oh man. I, you know, I could just go back and watch the trailer for that two minutes and try to forget that I saw the movie. I hate when that happens when the trailer <laughs> is amazing and it just ends up just being a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> awful. So on that note, what's uh, what's the scene you have? I have Tony with his attorney. Um, All right, yeah, you, see them, good. you see them, um, him coming in, joking around. It brings him a uh, a thing. I guess it was Don Perion. Yeah, a whole case of that, and then like you know, he gives him the money. Goes, oh, I, I thought I left this somewhere. <laughs> making jokes, he's all excited having a cigar, and then he has the dad talk with Tony, and you see Tony like, oh, he goes. Letting him know you have all these things. This was a close one. He goes, "It's time you have to take a step back." And and you see Tony's internal gripe with the fact that he he knows he's right. Yeah, definitely. He doesn't want to. I mean, who wants to? You know, who wants to be told you can't do the things you like to do? I mean, I guess kind of COVID put us in that state for a little while. It was like all of a sudden we couldn't do the things we want to do. So, and this was. You know, Tony essentially being told, you know, don't hang out at the Bing, don't hang out at Satrialis, like just everything he likes doing. You got to sit in this office all day. And we just see we see him kind of like deteriorate a little bit, like to juxtapose that with Junior, who's also deteriorating. But that's something that he has no choice in. Tony eventually, you know, not to spoil the end of the episode, but he eventually goes back to doing what he likes to do. But we see him. He's organizing. um, (laughs) He's organizing an office pool, you know, maybe. (laughs) Maybe just get maybe if this went on for another week, you would have started a Facebook group and started running movie tournaments. He might have, or <laughs> you know, he could be he could have been starting to post memes. We don't know. We can't we can't speculate? <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, but I, I I mean I say this every time we mention him, but like David Margulis is man, just great character actor and just great. In this uh, role. Always, always like he's. I think he was only in like three or four episodes throughout the whole series, but they, yeah, you know. He's still somebody that you recognize as uh, as Tony's attorney. Yep. What's another uh, you got? One I got here is the garbage man's ball. And this is where previously in the episode, uh, Dick Barone inf- let Tony know that uh, Richie is dealing c- cocaine on the garbage routes. And he tells him, you know, I can deal with some of the like in the internal office politics. But like if the DEA gets involved, this is something I, I cannot work with. 
and we see Tony just goes up to Richie, pulls him aside. Like, you got me blow. And, you know, great scene. Uh, you, you see him basically, you know, and he goes at him like he's like ripping him apart, like, you know, about it because he goes, basically garbage has been one of the bread and butter for the FBI uh, for organized crime. And they're starting to like literally lay low with it. Now he was, he was talking about how, they're starting to take a little step back and not looking, but he goes, if somebody gets caught with blow on the, uh, like on the route, that's it. You go right back under the, under the microscope. So, yeah. And this is, to... this is how all these guys make their money and Richie's putting everyone in jeopardy. And in this scene, you also see that Tony actually gives a shit about Richie because he's like, why do you make me ride you like this? Yeah. Yeah. You, you could tell if this was someone he didn't give a shit about. It'd probably end, you know, Bevel Aqua style. It would have ended a long time ago if it, were, yeah. if it was anything other than giving a crap about him. And we're, we're going to see this, you know, I could have put this as a don't forget about it. Uh, we see with this situation with a similar character in season five where Tony opts to not have these talks just to end it in another way quickly. Well, we actually used, you actually used that as a don't forget about it. Did I? Okay. Well, yeah, okay. So there we go. That's- I think that was back earlier in the season when we were first talking about him. <laughs> you know, I just want to start talking about Feech. That's I, I know we're I know we're a couple Feech. seasons away, but I'm just any excuse. Let me tell you, season five, the characters that they brought in really revitalized the show. Oh yeah, best I I maintain best uh, additions to a series ever, like late series additions, and all in a major care. Like uh, you know, we'll get to. We, Guys, don't worry. We're going to get there. We're doing every episode. You will hear about all our opinions about people that are idiots. We're chipping away. And there's plenty of good stuff between now and season five. Oh, I can't wait for the first character we get in season three. Yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be exciting as well. Uh, what's what's another scene you have? Um, let's see. Which one do I want to go with? Uh, I know it's a little later in the episode, but Junior's stuck in the garbage disposal. <laughs> I, I, such a great episode. It's such a great Junior episode, and that's why I, I like the episode. I gave it a little bit more because of this. Yeah, because you saw more Junior. Because in the earlier episodes throughout the season, we would get him drips and drips. We actually got a nice long arc with him, especially with that uh, woman that he knew, uh, Ka- Catherine Mana. Yes, couldn't think of her name, but um. You see him stuck in the garbage disposal, like you know, this... <laughs> Richie and Janice get get there and see him like that, and you just see them laughing. It, it's just such a he's such a like a mess. Yeah, I think I have it in my quotes, but Janice says, uh, "What did she say? Um, good thing I'm nice because I could start tickling you." <laughs> so Richie. Richie was really funny in this scene, and he's like, he's like, you're flexing. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest, this was a very humanizing scene for Richie. Yeah, I mean, you could tell, like, as you know, shitty a, of a human being as he could be sometimes. You know, he he does genuinely care for Junior. I don't think it's um, I don't think it's like a power play on his end. I think I think he genuinely cares for this guy. He looks up to him. This is someone, and we've talked about this before, but he's someone that Richie obviously has known since he was a child. So it's you know, there's that little, you know, like even as adults, when you see your friend's parents, you might still call them like Mr. So-and-so. And I think that resonates with Richie a little bit. Oh, yeah, you could see. And then they, they had their phone with him. I have a quote from that scene, too. OK, so we'll save we'll save that one. Uh, but Yeah, good scene. You got good interaction between the three of them. 
Uh, you know, Janice showing that she cares a little bit too, even though she's a maniacal son of a bitch. And uh, <laughs> I, I, it's it one wasn't a big scene, but it was just a good scene. No, yeah, definitely, it, it was important. I, I liked it. Um, another one I have here is this was a brief one, but this was the guys I have it written down as the guys at the World War II Memorial. Oh, I, I wanted to put it, but I didn't put it. Like I figured you would. It's just brief, you know. It's not. It's not important or anything. It's but a good. It, it's a good scene. It's just, but it shows like the things that you know Tony does in his day to day that he's missing out on as a result of you know Mank telling him you got to lay low. And this is just, uh, I guess, they hijacked a truck here, and that they have all this like World War II memorabilia. And Silvio mm-hmm. says, "I am looking at the fucking History Channel," and it was, it was just like you know guys being dudes and Tony, Tony thinking about meeting up with them but then ultimately just decides no i want to listen to mink here you know what i gotta be honest it, it, it reminded me back in the day when you just like look outside it's raining and you want to just go outside and you're just looking <laughs> and you're staring with that sad mopey face <laughs> get that feeling in this up epi- in this scene or even like your friends are out but you're grounded for some mm-hmm. bullshit and exactly <laughs> which it which needless to say was probably not bullshit on my part but still <laughs> I thought it was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I got, uh, let's see. I had Junior in the garbage disposal as one of mine. I got two more. We might be crossing over here. What's one you have? Um, I am going to go, what's it called? I'm just going to call it stress management. Okay. So he goes to the doctor about his uh, abrasion on his arm. <laughs> and it basically tells him, like the doctor tells him, listen, you got, you got too much stress. That could cause it too. You need to de-stress yourself. What do you know? Next thing you know, he's banging Tracy right on the desk. <laughs> the assistant that you meet, is it Tracy or is it Connie? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, we'll we'll go with Tracy. That was the first one. I don't I don't have the IMDb up. I I, I think it, it might. I I could be uh, either way. He's just pounding around the desk, like you know, like out of nowhere, like I just really going to town. I guess he was really relieving a lot of stress there. I just thought it was like. A funny segue into his stress relief, and the next thing you know, you just see him banging the shit out of her on the desk. And Barone had mentioned that she's a born again Christian. I guess I was like, I don't know. I remember he made a look too. He's like, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what's another one you got? Good scene. I got the the Melfi confrontation at the restaurant. I actually had that as well. So we cro- right. we crossed that scene together. I thought sure. that. Sure. And it just, I I wrote I wrote a little like an asterisk here it was just crazy to think of a time where smoking was allowed in restaurants i missed that no actually i don't miss that i i i don't mind going outside but yeah it was crazy but you were still like that's when this show started to where it finished yeah i think at the end of the show you couldn't smoke anymore anywhere it was like oh six i believe like thankfully like i got a, i got a job at a restaurant in oh six i started and I think the law passed like a couple months before I started. So thankfully I didn't have to, you know, I remember like going to the bowling alley when I was a kid and my mom saying like, were you smoking? Because I would come home smelling like smoke and I wasn't smoking. It was just everyone in the bowling alley was smoking. And this was just common. I smelled like weed after the bowling alley, but <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure it was secondhand. Sure. <laughs> Say no to drugs. If there's kids if <laughs> listening, light it up. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she she's kind of just at, at rock bottom. We see a lot of good scenes with Melfi in this episode. She had a really strong episode. We see uh, the therapy scene with Dr. Kufferberg. 
she's you know stressed out they're talking about like the rico act and his brushes with the law and it's kind of getting to her she's she's drinking between sessions and here she you know the assault i it's quoted as an assault but it really wasn't assault she just threw a uh like a handkerchief at her napkin at this lady and this lady was i don't even know if she was being a jerk it seemed like melfi kind of was uh the antagonist in this situation what do you think i i think they were both wrong but i i think she she has her rights she you know she wasn't asked nicely she told she demanded so yeah I think maybe if she would have said it a little bit nicer, but this see this whole sequence with Melfi is crazy. You see her bartering and saying, "I could stop drinking. I could do this. I could do that. I can, I can drink less." And like you see, and I think she mentions she goes, "It's like it's like I watched a train wreck, and I know it's terrible, but I can't stop listening to it. I don't want to stop listening to it because I enjoy it." Yeah, yeah. And that, that's where she is. And that's why she's drinking alone a lot. Um, the last scene I have is the end scene. Did you have any more before that? I had two more. I Go have, for it. Um, well, I guess one of them is the end scene. So we, I'll let you save that one. I'll go with the other one. Okay. It's, it, no words said. Nothing really done. It was the almost panic attack. Oh, okay, outside of uh, Richie. Outside and... of the new house that they were getting. Yes. And this was so huge for the fact that I think he finally realized what's causing one of his panic attacks and his stress with Richie. Because you saw when he was talking to Richie is when it started flaring up. Yeah, Richie's sending him down these paths like twice in one episode. Because he had the one before that, and then when he's watching the montage of people talking about garbage, which... It's fascinating. Um, But you see, and then you see him like notice it and then he goes outside and it goes away. Yep. And then you see him turn around and Richie's waving at him and it starts to come back a little bit more, but he just starts walking away. So I think this is when he realizes, which also could be a don't forget about it, another person that causes stress that affected his day-to-day business. Right. But that will be at the end of the series. Yes, definitely. Um, but so I thought that was a, an important scene. I don't think it was a good scene, but I think it was an important scene to see. There are a lot of things that trigger his panic attacks, and he still doesn't know how to deal with that. Right, right. And that's, that's something we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see this kind of come to a culmination in the next episode. Yes. And then the, the last scene we have here, I get that's both of our last one. You know. It, I just have a Tony returning the Satrialis. It's not the Satrialis or Satrials. Am I saying it wrong? Satrials, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, nothing really happens here. It's just kind of it's kind of like you know these scenes where all the guys are together and it's just you know they're just one, they're bullshitting. One uh, thing happened. Basically, uh, Christopher came back. We finally yeah, yeah, that, out of the hospital. They did kind of sneak that in there, like under the radar. She's like, "Yeah, Chris is out of the hospital. He's back because I don't. He wasn't even in the last episode at all, correct? No, he was still in the. I, I think he was still in the hospital in the episode. Didn't yeah, didn't make an appearance there. So yeah, he was. He's back and you know walking around. He's still a little frail, but he's back. And it's just you know, uh, Silvio and Paulie were talking about uh, moisturizer, and you know, Tony just comes in there sh- shining his shoes. Hash and Chris are just talking about just bullshitting. And then we hear a car crash outside, and is this some guy named Carmine who apparently is a bad driver? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and we see Agent Harris walk up, and they're just bullshitting about the Knicks. And we see kind of we see through through the background of this, we kind of see Pussy just kind of like descend away from the scene, which I thought was kind of ominous. Just a nice nice close to the episode. I, I I thought it was a very playful end of the episode. Like you said, he was he was shining his shoes. Next thing you know, he puts it on his rash. Um, <laughs> you see them. You see Paulie doing his little tanning uh, thing. I thought the playful nature with with Agent Harris. It's like. You know we're gonna get you, but you know there's a, there there might be some kind of respect there, and that's something you can also use for later on, also because I I and literally I I mean I talked to you yesterday, and I told you like usually during we record on Wednesdays, and usually I'll just be driving around on Wednesday, and I'll just I'll think about the show later, and something will pop into my head like oh shit I could use that as a don't forget about it that, that one just happened now <laughs> yeah literally I it happened to me too because I didn't even think about it until we just started talking about it but yeah I I thought it was a good closing to the episode I thought it was like I said a very okay episode I think it was a very strong closing right and I I'm just comparing it to something else. This isn't like a rivalry like uh, Al Pacino and De Niro and Heat. Even though, even though those those guys respected each other, they they went hard at one another. You could tell that Agent Harris and Tony both respect each other, and they know that both of them have a job to do. But while you know, they can occasionally let the, let their guard down and talk about last night's next game. Oh. <laughs> I'm Got- tapped, I'm tapped on scenes. What about you? I am also tapped on scene, so why don't we seg into best quote? Um, first one I have here is Junior in the hospital. I have a couple Junior here. Um, the first one, he's getting his ankle bracelet put in, and he, t- he tells this poor guy, he's like, they give you the important jobs, huh? Just, you know, this guy's just getting degraded by Junior. I, I think... I didn't get the reference that the nurse made. She called him Marshall McLuhan. I, I, I honestly, I have that as a nitpick. I should have looked this up. I didn't know if this was an old show that I wasn't aware of. I was annoyed because I was like, is this supposed to be a joke? Because this is awful. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those probably, I don't know, maybe like when you or I will reference, I don't know, like. Uh, the Wire or 40 Degree Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about like some 20, to, to some 20 year old about The Wire. And they're like, huh? <laughs> you say something like the king stay the king I'm like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> what's what do you have um i'm gonna go with another junior one um basically he has the nurse come in fitting him for the uh the mask right um and they're talking about everything and she goes well you know your rem wise you go you have 40 arousals an hour he goes more since i met you <laughs> yeah one of those lines that you know if if uh, like Matt Bevilacqua said it, it would be ultra creepy. <laughs> yes, but but Junior saying it, you know, it, it works because he's he's charming, he's old, so he's got all the uh, the intangibles working. What's another one you got? I got Melfi. She's in the intercession with Doctor Kufferberg, and she was talking about the RICO Act. And she goes, two years ago, I thought RICO was a relative of this." <laughs> So that's, that was a good quote. Uh, yeah, really strong Melfi episode. Um, yeah, just brief one. What's one you have? Uh, I got an also another brief one. It, basically, Tony's in the hospital. Um, I'm jumping around a little bit. Sure, that's fine. The hospital, and like you know, he's he's being told by the the doctor that he's fine, and you know, and he just snaps at her. <laughs> 
And then she just looks over at him. And she goes, you know, losing weight can help too. And then walks away. <laughs> like you see the dirty <laughs> look he gives her. It's another short one, but it was a nice funny zinger. If this if this came out now, that would have been memes. It would have been like that. Um, they would have stopped the music. They would have stopped the scene and started playing Tupac, and like the hat would have dropped on her, and it would have been and like, the glit and the blood. Yeah, they... yeah, yeah. Thug life, and that would have been. <laughs> or yeah, what's that? That uh, hit him up. It would have been like that's why I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I have here is also also Tony. Oh no no no! I'll that's I'll skip that one. Uh, I'll save it rather. And I got another junior. Uh, Bobby's talking to him about uh, Catherine Romano coming over. And he goes, what the hell would we talk about? Bunions. <laughs> you know how I feel about feet. You know, I had a feeling you were going to use that. I literally yeah. think, I think he's going to use this quote. I just, it seems like something that would make Dave happy to say. <laughs> you know, I love a good junior quote. I'll go going back to the junior because like I said, this was a very big junior episode with quotes. Yeah. Um, what is it? Oh, there it is. Uh, where's the fucking man of God? He goes, it's gone. Half a fucking train in there. I was hungry. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that, this was... Uh, we've had episodes where Junior and Bobby kind of just vibe off each other. This was a really strong, you know, with their tag team. They really, I, they really do well, work well together. Yeah, I enjoyed their back and forth throughout this episode. I got one more here, and it was just, it was Tony again at the doctor. And the doctor tells him he has contact dermatitis. And he goes, and he, Tony's just like, a light goes off in his head. He's like, see, I knew that was bad. <laughs> and the doctor's just calmly like, it means rash. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've all scratched scabs before. It was, it was funny seeing Tony like a, like a little kid. Just he's no different than you know anyone. Uh, I have two more. Sure. Um, I'm gonna go with Junior for uh, also at the doctor. Okay. Uh, he goes it, basically they just put the cat uh, not the cat but the stent in, and he goes, "Mother of fucking mercy, did you take a, a sledgehammer to my balls?" <laughs> and you just see him like you know like you see him like strut like slowly walking. Good little quote. Yeah. Yeah. I, good quote. You said you had one more? Yes, and I, I. this is also from the trash compactor. He goes, when Janice asked him, why didn't you call 911? He goes, how? My fucking toes? <laughs> it seemed like a weird question because it was obviously he obviously can't go anywhere. So that was, was probably a response I would have had with my fucking toes. Like, what? This is when you need a smartphone. If he would have yeah. had a smartphone, he would have been perfectly fine. Sure. Yeah, he would have been fine. Although, junior texting would have been is is a Funny image that I say. I wonder how many times autocorrect son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> All right. So I think that's it on quotes. Don't forget about it. We just, we said previously we didn't have anything other than the generic stuff because not a ton of quality content this episode other than, you know, just a, just a kind of a, a lot of smooth, a lot of filler. Yeah. Uh, nitpicks. I have Catherine Romano. This was another storyline like Pauly had the girlfriend. Uh, and the, two episodes ago, and it's just one episode. We never see this person again, and you could tell like the scene where she was she put his mask mask on for his sleep apnea. You know, she was really she was good for him. It would have been good to. I don't know if it would have been very exciting because it's like two old people, 
and and we get that vibe that Junior isn't really into it either because he was trying to reach out to Roberto Sanfilippo, who wasn't understandably isn't receptive after season one. I agree. But yeah, that's I that's my one nitpick that I have. Just these these story these love interest storylines that go one episode and and die nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah, die right there. The only one I had uh, nitpick was the jo- we we talked about the joke made about Marshall McLuhan. I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? That she's hysterical laughing. Yeah, yeah, I, they're all older, so maybe this was like Mash or something. I don't know. I sh- probably should have looked this up before, but I I think I was like that uninterested. <laughs> I even bothered. I, I, it's not something that I really you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it. Definitely not. All right, friends of ours. I got one, and that was Mary Louise Wilson, who played Catherine Romano. I uh, did. She's still alive, and she, you know, not a super active acting career, but she had 53 IMDb credits. She's been in The Money Pit, uh, Pet Cemetery. The most recent notable thing I've seen her in was Orange Is the New Black. So you know, some she's been in some familiar IP. I had two um, okay. people. Um, but just because of my history of watching, and there were extras more in this episode. In this episode, but Frank Adonis, okay, uh, such a great career. He's you know, is he the guy the the guy working with Richie in the beginning? No, he was in the the ball. He was one of the guys that you saw in the ball. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I I saw that guy and I was like, he's somebody, and I don't know why I didn't put it. What's he in? Uh, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, uh, Wall Street, um, what's it called? What's that? There's been, no, there's been a the, bunch of Scorsese, Oliver Stone. Bad movies. Lieutenant, Bad Lieutenant. That was the other one. Okay, Nick Cage movie. No, the real Bad Lieutenant with uh, Harvey Keitel. Okay, there is a there is a Bad Lieutenant with Cage, right? Yeah, uh, Ports of Orleans. It's called. All right, is it? It's a remake. No, it's just like I, I guess like a spin-off kind of thing. It, okay. I, then it was awful. <laughs> okay, I've never seen either. I know these are I know these are things that exist. I I'm aware of them, but I've never seen them. Bad Lieutenant, the original one it was a, it was phenomenal and that's what Harvey Keitel. Okay. I'll have to uh, fast track that one. And then um the other one uh just because of one of the movies he was in uh cuz I'm a big Yankee fan, Paul Borges who played Yogi Berra in 6 not Yogi Berra no, yeah, Yogi Berra in 61. Great movie. So that was, uh, what's it called? He was in that, um, got a lot of little stuff. He does a lot of the HBO stuff. He was also in Irishman. Okay. All right, cool. Um, questions, comments, concerns? I think I have, no, one of mine was just something I mentioned in the beginning of the episode that this is on that episode list that I mentioned that I'll send you afterwards. Yes. Uh, this is the worst ranked episode. The other one I have here, just Melfi drinking warm vodka. Have you ever tried to drink warm vodka? I can't. Fuck. I, I threw up a little. Like, you throw up a little bit thinking about it. because Like, dry heave? No. I gotta have it on ice. Especially if it's Belvedere. <sighs> I won't get, I won't give the guy's name. and I, I doubt he's listening. But but when I worked at a, at a, rest, a restaurant, I worked with a guy who would always just get off work and he would whack back shots of warm vodka. And one time I just sat with him. We're just bullshitting or whatever. He's, you want to do a shot? And I'm, yeah, sure. I'm not even thinking this is the guy who wears warm vodka all, all day. And he gives me a shot of warm vodka. Like, 
thanks. <laughs> I do the shot and you immediately, I didn't throw up, but you get that feeling like, Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta walk away before I, I throw up in public. And yeah, you get that. There's only certain alcohols I could drink without being like cold. Yeah. And the only one is tequila. Yeah. Tequila. I can do, um, uh, I can do like the generic, the girly stuff. Give me like some fireball. It doesn't need to be chilled or anything. I can handle that. But warm, warm, plain, unflavored vodka. No, that's that's some psycho shit. No, if I'm gonna have a shot of vodka, I have I put a little ice first and then I pour it into a shot glass. So it's, yeah, that's yeah, the only way. Like a normal person. Are you a vodka drinker? <laughs> yeah, well, I drink stole. I'll drink Stoli and Club. That's like my joint now. I am a Grey Goose pineapple guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've I've had those before. Um, I used to do Stoli raspberry. Okay. But now I can I can do just plain Stoli and club soda. See, I, I, a friend used to have. Uh, I used to do. Um, he, he told me Stoli vanilla and club. I tried it. I wanted to throw up. I was like, <laughs> flavor with club soda. He's like, because it tastes good. I was like, go fuck yourself. A drink I was Stoli vanilla. I used to dr- occasionally. I would have Stoli vanilla and root beer. See now that sounds good. That sounds like a, like a cream soda. Yeah, it was it was delicious. That was you know you learn a lot of things working in a restaurant. Just like what what won't make you sick. <laughs> you also learn a lot of things being a hoodlum like me when I'm <laughs> taking taking alcohol out of the uh, the pantry. <laughs> All right, so good questions, comments, concerns. There trivia. Uh, oh wait, I did have you a... got one more. Okay, I uh, know. Yeah, because I uh, what's it called? I was just gonna say. I know 2001 or two was 20 years ago, but did people really dress that bad? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. remember how bad that, like, I was like, I was like, I can't ever remember wearing the track suits or wearing, especially to a function. You know what gets me? I watch, you know, we, you and I both watch a lot of sports. Yes. Just, just going back to like, speaking of like how things were way back when. You know, when I, I'll, I'll see like on the NFL network or the NBA, NBA TV, they'll show highlights of a game from like 2006 and it's in like the lowest definition. And I'm like, no, I don't remember like my TV being this shitty back then. Like what is happening? It's like uh, if you're watching a YouTube video and it says like the 240 on it. I, how pissed off are you? Like, I'm like, no, this didn't happen. Like this, <laughs> it was good quality. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't like. 4k hd tv like whatever they have now but the quality was pretty good i remember being able to watch a basketball game and enjoy it and not be like wow am i living in the 70s well i have my gaming stuff and we play a lot of games that are older and uh-huh. i look and i was like this game didn't look this shitty it never looked this shitty did it no not even a little because even you'll see you'll see like old episodes of a sitcom. Like sometimes you'll see like an old boy meets world or full house whatever and the quality is just fine so I don't know why we can't watch old sports games without without the, the quality being so shitty. Oh, anyway, I'm going off the rails. Yeah, we both are. I, I think that now we can get into trivia. <laughs> you want to go first or me? Uh, I'll go first. Go. I'm going with another uh, in-episode uh, item question. All right. Um, in the beginning, Tony was in his basically house arrest. He's sitting looking at the newspaper. He's eating an ice cream bar. Uh-huh. What kind of ice cream bar is it? Is it a Hagen Dazbar? 
yeah. a good humor bar, a turtle bar, dove chocolate bar, or a fudge bar. Huh. I'm I'm guessing because I that's <laughs> I should have you know I'm gonna start looking at like details <laughs> like this when I'm watching the episode, and I'm gonna I'll guess Hagen Doss. No, he had a dove bar. Ah, I'm trying to dove. I don't even know. I've never, didn't, never even knew Dove had ice cream. Oh my God. This. Let's just say you're having a, a very good cigarette that smells a little weird. Okay. After you're done with it, it's one of the greatest things to eat ever. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, that's another thing I'm going to have to uh, look into. Dove. And this is not only because of that. I'm fat. And fat people, we know food. <laughs> All right, so dove, dove ice cream is is uh is on the food list, it, and you could it goes by your preference if you like milk chocolate or dog chocolate because they have both options. Okay, I can do either. I don't really have a preference there. All right, so here's mine. It's, it's yours. <laughs> it's a Gandolfini related question. All right, my favorite. All right. So James Gandolfini, for his role as Tony Soprano, was nominated for Best Leaning Actor at the Emmys six times. How many times did he win? Was it six, five, four, three, two, or one? Fuck my life. <laughs> I know it wasn't six. I know he didn't win every year. Yeah. If I could get that one down, I'm going to get rid of five, too. Okay. I'm also going to get rid of one because I know it's multiple Emmy winner. All right. So you're, you're doing good. You remember the... Uh, those those test taking measures they told you in, in elementary school like if you can't figure it out eliminate the the ones that are definitely wrong first yeah now he's just gonna try to spell b c a b so, yep no you, you have your number two pencil um i'm gonna go it's between these two it's between two and three but i'm gonna go three you got it yes yeah, yeah. so he won in 2000 2001 and 2003 it was between two or three for me because I knew that was the, the, the right call. I knew four was a little high because after a while, other characters come out and do really well. So they kind of shine and people get used to like the one episode. But phenomenal. He deserved all three of the awards that he won. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just it's crazy to think because I, I was reading an article yesterday. It said 540 shows premiered last year. And around this time, it was like, you know, there was like maybe 10 shows that people were watching that were in like the consciousness. So it's not really like uncommon for Gandolfini just to like, just kind of a, like a foregone conclusion. He's going to be nominated every year for an Emmy. Well, that, it's definitely a lot harder now because I, I think they put out a lot more content now than they did before ever. Yeah. And it's so tough. I mean, we have these conversations in the movie group. It's like a lot of you see like a lot of new shows. You get like maybe like a niche corner of people who are like into this, like Cobra Kai or succession. And, you know, back in this time, everyone was watching Sopranos. Anybody who was a fan of TV was watching Sopranos. And now it's like, everybody kind of is in their little corners. So it's like, it's like, it's tough for like a new show to really pop off. I think the last one to really kind of do it was game of Thrones. I think game of Thrones was the last one that was globally. Yeah. Number one. In the like, you know, and 
such great characters throughout the sh- throughout the uh, episode, like the the series, and I I, I got a whole new respect for uh, Peter Dinklage in, from this show because he was so phenomenal. Like he, you know, he's uh, uh, what's it called? He's smaller stature as far as height and everything, and because I I don't know what it's called, so I don't want to begin to say. But to, to have him as the leading character, and he carried his part of the show. Like, and that's why I like this show. There were so many different storylines. Um, I know we've talked about it. I think it should have ended a little bit stronger. Yeah, yeah. But and you know, I, I was upset. I, I, I I'm gonna be honest. I, I, I say a good year and a half. I was upset with the show, and I was really like, it's the worst show ever. I, I. I hate it. <laughs> I was like the other people that we've we've talked about each other with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you get over it because then you you tend to realize what it's really about. And listen, it had a bad heart. It, it, it had a, can't even say horrible because there was a couple episodes that were phenomenal, like the the battle with um when Arya kills the Ice King. Yeah, I think that was one of the most the greatest TV moments I've ever saw, and I was so glad that she got to do it because she's amazing. Right. There were there were definitely flaws and I was I was there up until the last episode and then I'm like, wow, okay, this wasn't very good. But you know, did it negate eight years of joy the show brought me? No. I was just like, all right, that kind of sucked. Let's uh let's move on. Yeah, that, that you know what? After getting over it, I, I realized there were so many great episodes. Like I think this was like the first real show to kill off a main character instantly like with ned stark yeah yeah could you imagine tony dying eight episodes into the sopranos i was i remember watching it i was like okay he's gonna get his part in and everything because i started after everybody uh-huh i started after season three and i binged it okay because i was like i didn't really want to get into it i was like uh you know i'm not big into those uh sure and like a friend of mine um, is like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. He goes, let me just tell you now. And because this is, I guess, the end of season three goes, the Red Wedding is one of the greatest episodes of television ever. Definitely. Definitely one of the most shocking. I don't know if it's like, if it's something I rewatch for joy. No, not for joy. But basically he said it was one of the most off the wall episodes you'll ever see on any kind of show. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'll give it another chance. And like that episode, the, the, the episode right before it's always right before the season finale too. It's like, they don't, they don't save it for the season finale. They, they just like, boom. And they cut his head off. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And- yeah. That was, I got into it a little before you did. I, I binge season one. And some a couple of people were like, "You got to watch Game of Thrones." So, and I wasn't like week to week yet. So I, I wound up binging season one, and then from two on, I was I was week to week. Well, after after that, I was week to week also. After that, like I got after I passed the Red Wedding. Oh, it was just I was like, how did I not start this show earlier? Yeah, <laughs> but great show, and you know the you know not to harp again on season eight, but it didn't impact. I'm still gonna watch House of the Dragon day one i will as well yeah so i'm there for you know whatever's i mean i this is just hbo i mean pretty much anything hbo puts out i'll give a chance to i agree i i've there's a couple of shows on hbo that i really didn't care for um 
one I have to get into is Euphoria. I keep hearing about it, and like you know, I'm like, I want to see penis too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild, and we, we I think we talked about this uh, the other night on uh, was it that bad? It was just you know they had Succession and then Curb Your Enthusiasm, and those ended, and now they have Euphoria and the Righteous Gemstones on as their Sunday night lineup. It's just it's not HBO never takes their foot off the gas. Man, the nineties, not the nineties, the two thousands for HBO were just fire. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's never really stopped. We got off on a really good tangent there, but we still have two awards to give on this episode. Oh shit! Yeah, and we still okay. okay all right. Yeah, we, oh, we no. got some. We got some stuff to do. That's that's fine. No. All right. Uh, how many boxes is Edie? Uh, okay, we'll do that one first. Uh, I Wait, gave no, no, one no. I'm sorry. I went out of turn. Uh, who is your MVP of the episode? The, this was, I actually switched this before um, we started recording. I was like, no, it's not right. I don't know how many opportunities I'm going to have to give this person. But I went Melfi for MVP of this episode. Really? Yeah, I, I was, I just, the interaction in the restaurant and it's just, you like to see a good, uh, just a good downfall for somebody. And this is just, She's all over the place. She's reckless. She's starting fights in restaurants. This is definitely a rock bottom uh, episode for her. Yeah. And just Lorraine Bracco is really strong in this one. So I had an MVP and then I, I changed it because I thought that person would probably get a lot of opportunities down the line. Uh, you know, I, I what's it called? I Well, he got an opportunity tonight, too, because I think I'm going with who you were going to originally go with. And that's going to be Junior. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> um. I had to give it to him. He was just so good. He's comedic. He was caring. You see him pathetic. You just see so many different sides of him. Um, you see him become friendly with with the woman, and it just it just it was a good junior episode. And it's been a while since we had a good junior episode, so that's why I gave him the uh, gave him the MVP of the episode. Can't argue with it. I, I like that. Was my that was who I had penciled in here. And I, no, I'm going to, I'm going to switch this up just at the last minute. Fooled you. Okay. <laughs> How many boxes of ZD did you go? For um, this one? I went one of my lower ones, but not terribly low. I went seven, five, seven. Okay. I'm a little higher than you. I went with an eight. Okay. Oh yeah. We're, we're pretty much in sync there. Yeah. Good episode. Not a great one. I definitely wouldn't have it as my worst episode of all time. Like no, on this I list. That's just, that's just, uh, there's so many ter- there's so many terrible episodes in season one that I would put worse than this. There's so many there's there's a few episodes coming up in the future that are, I would rank lower than this as well. I'll send you this this link. It's this is a really like a, even though I disagree with some of these. Am I gonna yell at my phone when I look at this? Because maybe it's gonna it, you're not gonna be able to read it in one night. This took me like a couple days to read. It's like very detailed. This okay. guy put a lot of work into it. It's 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 really good. I'm glad. I actually I don't favorite a lot of things, but I favorited this list, so I was able to just access it right away. All right. What's uh, what's something good you watched this week? Um, actually went back to the movies. It's been a while since I've been to the movies. Oh, cool. Uh, last movie I saw in the theaters was No Way Home. Okay. But uh, I you know I went to go see Jackass Forever. Nice. Okay. I I haven't seen it yet, so. You don't, you can spoil. It's fine. <laughs> um, I don't want to spoil it. it. There's a, a lot of storyline involved in, in the <laughs> movie. So, 
No, let me tell you something. Um, I will tell you this now. The opening scene is one of the... They, he never fails to disappoint him and Jeff Tremaine uh, to, to make a really good entrance to the movie. Okay. Um, it basically looks like Godzilla, but it's... You know who Chris Pontius is? Yes, oh, of course. I was... I had the CKY VHS and okay. all that shit. So yeah, I, I know everyone. Well, his his penis and balls were Godzilla. <laughs> they just had him walking through. Just it's a lot of mayhem. It just, it goes right off the walls really quick. I've heard the reviews, and I'm you know my my mom hit me up like about the week Jackass played. And she said, any movies coming out this week? And, and I looked and I was like, no, it's not really just Jackass. And she, she goes, I'll pass. And I'm, I'm ultimately glad she said that because I might have just said, yeah, let's go see Jackass. You know, even though I'm 40, you know, sitting, <laughs> sitting at the movies with your mom while there's just <laughs> penis after penis coming on the screen. There probably would have been awkward. I, I, I didn't know if I was watching Jackass forever or Euphoria at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another, you know, don't watch... Uh, euphoria with your parents or your grandparents <laughs> I, I will say uh it i was pleasantly surprised on how good they finished the fran- their franchise okay uh, it was really good they made way for new new people to really take the reins um because i don't think knoxville could do it anymore I, I think i actually watched an interview well listened to an interview with him on the howard stern show and he basically said he has to stop because of all the concussions, yeah, and it was really bad in this movie. It was it was like one of the second to last stunts. Uh-huh. He gets destroyed by a bull. It's yeah, and he's got he's got a family. It just seems like you don't need to be doing this. No, you haven't. You got enough money now. You made enough. You you have you. You're basically a star now. Like you know, people yeah. doing regular things now. You don't have to kill yourself to to be any in anything. And you could see it, like you hear him in his, with the interview. And after I saw the stunt, I can honestly see why he ended up breaking his arm, uh, a rib or two. It was just, and he's an older guy. He's in his fifties now, I believe. Yeah, and he could definitely, he could definitely just show up to these movies and kind of be like an MC or whatever. And I don't think anyone's gonna would fault him for that. And I also got to see uh, Machine Gun Kelly get slapped into a pool. So that's a win-win right there. That's worth the price of admission. Exactly. <laughs> um, other than that, just a little bit of catch-up. I'm on, I'm on season five now of my Dexter rewatch. That's fast. You, you, I go you're through, zipping through that. This is what I do. This is I'm a binger. <laughs> All right, but, so I'll go movie yes. and. Then, Movie, and then I'm a, I started a documentary too. So I, I've been like really going really hard on the Criterion Channel, which is this streaming service of kind of like artsy older movies that um, I got. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, I wound up getting Stars, Apple TV Plus, and Criterion Channel. So I wound up just like jacking up my streaming service bills a lot at the beginning of the pandemic. And Criterion's one um, that I recommend if you're a film buff or whatever. Like I know you are, and a lot of people are probably listening to this. Um, so I watched this movie from 1991 called Night on Earth. Have you ever heard of this? Don't believe I have. Okay, so this is a Jim Jarmusch movie, and it's an anthology film. So there's five stories within the movie, and it's about five separate cab drivers, and it's just like these little like 
20 to 30 minute stories and they were set in five cities, Los Angeles, New York, Paris, Rome, and Helsinki. And the Winona Ryder was one of the cab drivers in the New York story. Um, Giancarlo Esposito, AKA Gus Spring was in the New York story. And these were just like, these were just really nice, like quick stories. It was five back to back. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed this Winona Ryder. I thought was really strong. Um, I didn't really recognize anyone from the Paris, Rome, and Helsinki storylines. There was, those were all in foreign language, foreign languages with subtitles. Okay. And it was, it was really good. It was, it was about an hour and 50 minutes. Just, I'm, I'm kind of watching these like late eighties, early nineties films that I keep finding on there. I was like, all right, this one looks interesting. I think I mentioned, um, uh, light sleeper last week with Willem Dafoe from 91. That's actually pretty cool. I like, I like older movies. I feel like older movies really, really started like i i would say i like watching 90s movies i gotta agree with you on that there's a lot of 90s like noir kind of movies that are really just well done and really gives you an appreciation of the movie making process definitely so that's a that's a good streaming service that i'm gonna i'm gonna try to utilize uh more than i have been and other than that i started there's a documentary called we need to talk about cosby Oh, that sounds deep. Yeah, yeah. So it was um, four episodes. I watched the first one. And it's it's not like let a let shit on Bill Cosby, which, you know, if anybody wants to make that, I'll watch that too because it's deservedly so. But it uh. kind of goes into the, the nuance of, you know, well, how do we reconcile with this? Because he did – there's people in there like he did a lot of good things for my community. He helped, he helped me get into college. Just like all these people saying like good things about him that he did when he wasn't raping 50 women. So it's, it's very well done as four episodes. I, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely going to finish it. And it's just, it's like, what do you, people like kind of reconciling, like this man did these good things for me, but now he's this monster. It, it's tough. And now he's free and he's, <sighs> he's talking about going on a comedy tour. It's, it's wild. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, and there's people, dude. I watch. Um, I was telling my mom this the other day. I I'll uh, flick channels and I'll look at the the guide on Xfinity. And there's a channel like right below. I forget. I don't want to. It's it's below BET. It's like another channel like that, and okay. like four hour blocks of the Cosby Show, just on this channel. See now, those are the hard documentaries for me to watch. Like I, I've watched a bunch of documentary. I love. I prefer documentaries like over a lot of things like i i love to like sit and watch a three peat uh a three-part series miniseries or like how to make how to uh, how how to make a murderer like stuff yeah. like that like i don't watch that crap like joe exotic i can no <laughs> tiger king but right. um those are like some of the tough ones for me to watch when it's like stuff like that like people that were just people that were just like basically revered and then all of a sudden you find out like there was something i was watching i was at work and i just it just came on the tv and the true life story of uh hugh hefner told by the the girls next door and, and you just see like you know you see all these terrible things about people it's like you want to try and think of the best but this is like it's hard to watch it people were really this bad and I like rooted for them right throughout my life. And like, how stupid was I not to say, you know what I mean? 
No, you weren't stupid. It's just the internet kind of just put a magnifying glass on everything. It's like we see, you would see the Cosby show and think he was a great parent, or you would see the girls next door and think he was like this really cool guy. So it's what just, you would you know, see, he was with, what's his, who's that director? Um, um, well, one that got canceled. Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah, yeah, the executive. And, yeah. and, like, you know, all these interviews of how people revered him and, like, his movies are great. Yet he was a pe- the big one of the biggest piece of shits, too. Uh, Roger yeah, he was Allen, probably the, the top one. of the Me Too. And I remember our, a couple episodes ago, D-Girl, you know, he was just he was just casually referenced in that episode. There was a character in Entourage based on him called Harvey Weingard. Yes, I remember that. Oh, yeah, just, just things that, you know, have aged terribly. Wow. But, you know, we, we, I mean, this was before the internet. So it's just, we see these guys do an interview and you're like, wow, it's a very successful person. But you, you know, kind of the internet and Twitter and all that for better or worse, sometimes for better in these instances, you know, you see what these people are really like. Yeah. That's why it's tough to like see people that you really, that's why Kevin Spacey was the worst one for me because yeah, it's, it's hard for me to watch anything he's in anymore because of all the stuff you found out. And, He's had two of my one movie that I really enjoyed, and then just because I like Blackjack and it's 21, and then he's in my he was in my favorite movie of all time, Unusual Suspects. Okay, yeah, and we were talking about we were talking about seven earlier in this episode, yes, yeah, so that's another one, but another great one. He was he was good in that one, too. Oh my god, he's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, piece of shit aside, phenomenal actor, <laughs> <laughs> really. Uh, on that on that positive note, yes. <laughs> where can people follow you? I uh, follow me on Instagram at Twinkie Seven Thirty, or me and my friends playing some video games at Arcade Underscore Wars on Instagram. Uh, we have competitions and everything, and uh, talk a lot of shit, play a lot of games, and uh, have a lot of fun. Excellent, yeah, definitely a fun feed to follow. I'd recommend it. You can follow me at ddem2000 on both Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd, which I'm trying to get people on, which is a really cool view. I, I don't think you're on it, but do you know what it is? Is it letters that have a box? Yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> no, so this is, another, is it another kind of service? Yeah, this is like Instagram for movies. So I'm sure you definitely see us in the movie group. We'll post like our top 10 Quentin Tarantino films. or Oh, you could, that's how you do it? Yeah, yeah. I've been wondering all this time. Oh, see, this is now, and now I feel like an idiot. Well, get on, just get on there, and you know, I, I I'll be, I'll be your first follower. I have a lot of top ten lists I want to make. Yeah, make those. And so, what I like about the service is you could watch a movie, rate it, and then you could just go see right away, like what your friends thought of this movie too. So it's kind of like instant feedback, you know, instant discussion about a movie you saw. You know, sometimes. You know, I like I like talking about things in the movie group, but sometimes you can't just right away be like, I saw Spider-Man. Who saw Spider-Man? Oh, I'm the only one who saw Spider-Man. OK, well, I have to shut the fuck up. But, I, I got it. Now I got to check it. It's called Letterbox. Yeah. B, letter B-O-X-D. OK. Yeah. And I'm that's I'm, same handle for me on there at DDEM2000. OK. And we also have an Instagram for the show. It's at it's the jacket pod. Um, if you want to talk about Sopranos or any movie or show with Anthony, myself, or a bunch of other good people, join the Movie and Television Talk Facebook group. Um, just type that into a group search. We are the red cover photo. We are going to be off next week, but we'll be back next week 
uh, with two weeks. The, two weeks. Yes, we're gonna be off next week. We're yeah, great. <laughs> um, the knight in white satin armor, and we're these. We're go foot, pedal to the floor all the way for the last two here. This is like this is like the this is like the Porsche. You buy the Porsche, and then you just take it out. It goes zero to sixty now for the next episode. Yeah, so I can't wait for both of these. These are I'm looking at their IMDb's now. Nine point four for both. Yeah, um, white satin armor and funhouse. I was looking at that earlier. I think it's going to be just it's going to be fun to talk about both of these episodes. Definitely, my friend. Good chatting with you as always. Always a pleasure, Dave. You got it. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Bye, everybody.